It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, Panthers Nation? Bill Rossetti back with you guys here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you by our friends at BuiltBar.com who want to remind you to visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, our special offer with them, to get $10 off your first box of the Built Bar protein bars, which are very delicious, guys. Listen, I... I'm not just saying this. I've had a chance to t- to try them, and they're not like other protein bars. They're actually made of pure chocolate, and they have a lot of great flavors that go with the chocolate. Whether it's uh, whether you're a fan of mint chocolate cream or peanut butter, uh, brownie, white chocolate, toffee almond. There's so many different flavors that Built Bar has, and they're and they're all very delicious. And if you want to try this for yourself. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON, and you get $10 off your first box. So BuiltBar.com, go check them out now. Less sugar, more protein, all the all the things you could ask for in a protein bar, both from a health standpoint and a taste standpoint. So it's a great protein bar, so go check them out, BuiltBar.com. It's Tuesday of NFC North crossover week as we're rolling through yesterday. Of course, we had a great conversation with Matt Derry of Locked on Lions. Today, it is myself and Lauren Cox chatting about the Panthers and the Chicago Bears as they are getting set for their week six matchup on October 18th. In fact, that'll be the first of the NFC North opponents that the that the Panthers see because then they don't see Another NFC North opponent until week 11 when they face the Lions. Uh, week 12, they have the Vikings, who we'll talk with tomorrow and Luke Braun. And then uh, the last team on the schedule and the last team we'll, we'll touch on in this crossover week on Thursday. That'll be the week 15 matchup against the Packers. And it was a great time to chat with uh, Peter Bukowski. All, all the crossovers this week were great. So I'm excited for you guys to get a chance to hear them but uh this one was definitely fun you know always great to catch up with lauren he's a great dude um always get to run him into him uh in the, at the senior bowl uh he's a great dude and um does a great job covering the bears so if you want uh, some more insight on the bears definitely check out his podcast but here's our crossover myself and lauren cox locked on panthers locked on bears all right so i guess uh whenever you're ready if you want to take us off Go ahead. Yeah, sounds good. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of the Locked On Crossover Week here, rolling through the NFC North and NFC South. Bill Rossetti and Lauren Cox of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Bears coming at you. Uh, good to talk to Lauren again. Haven't talked to him in a couple years. I uh, saw him at the Senior Bowl, though. Uh, great guy. Always great to catch up with you. So, Lauren, what's going on, my man? Good to talk to you. Hey, you too. And uh, like, like you said, Senior Bowl, a lot of things happen in Mobile, Alabama, and a lot of it ends up staying in Mobile. So I'm glad we got to share some of those experiences. And heck, you got you got some experience uh, with 
your uh, Panthers head coach on a couple of those late nights at uh, Veet when he'd come in with uh, a little I bit did. of food and a I did, yes. Uh, yeah. uh, he was uh, chowing down, I think, on those wings or nachos, whatever he was eating. Yeah, oh yeah, those were some fun times. Later and then we were just kind of chatting it up a little bit, so that was one of my big takeaways. <laughs> Yeah, listen, for you listeners out there, if uh, if you haven't experienced Senior Bowl week, it's uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I'll, I'll just say like that, and I'm hoping and praying that we can uh, we can do that again in 2021. That you know all this will hopefully be behind us for the most part, and we can actually get back down there. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it was in January, so we could get it out of the way before the rest of the year was shut down. Exactly. I know, right? Like, it's it's so weird. Like, we're all at the, the combine, Senior Bowl and then the Combine, and all of a sudden, it's like, like everything's just done. It's like, wow, like, what a what a turnaround. Yeah, I got to, I got to go to one of the last pro days before at the University of Wisconsin for the Badgers, and I think it was nice. only a couple of days later that all the scouts got pulled off from all the other pro days. So it was just mm-hmm. a, a snap of fingers, and it's gone. Yep, I was almost ready to go to Penn State's pro day, I think, on uh, March 17th. And then uh, a couple days before, it's just like, nope, you're you're not doing anything. You ain't going anywhere for a while. It's just crazy, man. Yeah, but, um, fortunately, we get crossovers and stuff like this to keep us entertained. Exactly. Yeah, that's the nice thing about uh, setting up these crossovers. It's been a lot of fun. We had the, at least on my side, with the AFC West last week, rolling through the NFC North this week. So definitely excited to get into it. And uh, the Chicago Bears, definitely uh, an interesting team to talk about, uh, for sure. It's been a... Uh, you know, quite quite the off season so far, and I think the biggest question, or the you know, the place to start with the off season, obviously, is the uh, the kicker situation. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's obviously the quarterback situation. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, of course, has his fifth year option declined by the Bears, which is kind of not a surprise. Uh, but the other big news, of course, Nick Foles acquired via a trade. They actually took on that contract from the Jaguars, shipping over a fourth round pick, which in hindsight. Definitely looks interesting to say the least, especially with a couple quarterbacks still on the free agent market. So, talk us, uh, walk us through, you know, the quarterback situation, how things kind of got to where they are, and just your thoughts of, you know, what's going to happen going forward at that position. Yeah, from the start, the Bears have tried to kind of play both sides on this and say that, you know, they still 100% support Mitchell Trubisky and believe in him as a quarterback, but also believe that competition can make anybody better and that Trubisky was a player who needed to be better than he was last season and that competition would allow them to do so. So by sort of framing it that way, they could dabble in the quarterback market as much as they wanted without fully burning the bridge of their number two overall pick. They ended up opting for the trade for Nick Foles, as you mentioned, gave up the fourth round pick in part because Nick Foles and the Panther and the Jaguars agreed to restructure that contract a little bit. So the Jaguars ended up eating a decent amount of that dead money and, and Foles lowered his salary cap number significantly. He, he's still getting about the same amount of guaranteed money over the course of the contract, but it's much more easy for the Bears to fit that under their salary cap in this year and in the subsequent seasons. So that made it a little bit more palatable, but I know personally I would have preferred to go elsewhere. Like you said, with the free agent quarterbacks, Dalton just became available after the draft before the Cowboys took him for a, a much more affordable deal than than what the Bears gave for Nick Foles. And of course, Cam Newton is still a free agent, as, as your Carolina Panthers fans know very well. And just yep. with Brady and Rivers and Jameis Winston and a lot of other options that were available this offseason, I, I ne- it never quite sat just right with me that the Bears kind of went out of their way to make Nick Foles the guy. But you can at least see the logic behind it. I mean, it's not 
a, it's not a Bill O'Brien out of left field makes no sense type move <laughs> in the sense that like you know Nick Foles comes in having been with Matt Nagy in Kansas City and in Philadelphia before that he spent a lot of years in this Andy Reid coaching tree and you know this style of offense so as far as the other quarterbacks that came in this offseason you know he's the one that has the most understanding of the offense so in in a year when we're having to do like virtual off-season team meetings and we're not sure when OTAs are going to happen or if training camp's going to happen on time it's not a quarterback that's trying to learn the offense from scratch Foles comes in with a little bit of an understanding of it already which is why there's a pretty big expectation that he will win the quarterback competition I mean not only has he been a very successful playoff quarterback in the past but he, he has this knowledge on top of it and there's low expectations for Trubisky at this point so it feels like a matter of time before Nick Foles takes over it's just a question of is Foles the starter by week one or does Trubisky go early on and then do they make a change during the season seems like Foles has been better coming off of the bench midway through the year than having to start every game from week one so there's a a lot will change between now and when the Bears and Panthers play that's for sure yeah absolutely and and you're right Foles definitely has a had some experience coming off the bench as uh, Eagles fans know quite well but um you know some other interesting moves they made in the offseason i think another that uh, definitely made a little bit of waves for one reason or another is jimmy graham signing him uh staying in the division coming over from the packers but obviously a lot of talk is that jimmy graham has definitely lost uh you know the shine that he's had you know when he was with the saints and just just never was the same he had a little bit of a spark in seattle but just never picked up the buzz uh that he that he had in New Orleans. What is Graham going to bring to the table? Are we going to see a lot more, you know, two tight end sets? You know, was there still hope for a guy like uh, Adam Shaheen? You know, so what's going on at that position for Chicago? Well, you made the kicker joke at the beginning there, and the joke I've been working with this offseason is that now the Bears are treating the tight end position like they did the kickers last year. <laughs> so they have, currently they, they they cut down from their original hoarding, and now they're down to nine tight ends under contract, which there's absolutely no reason to have nine tight ends on the roster. On oh, is camp. that all they have? Yeah, they, they got rid of one after drafting Cole Komet, so they... they oh, that's right, of course, drafting at, Cole Komet, so it's like we got to add him into the equation, too. Yeah, there's... It's a big turnover at the position because last year they had to cycle through about nine tight ends as well because their top three tight ends last year, Burton, Adam Shaheen, and then uh, Bren Broniker, a former undrafted free agent, all three of them finished the season on injured reserve. So for a lot of the year, they were operating with tight ends number four, five, and six, and seven, and it was not pretty. Their leading receiver at tight end last year was J.P. Holtz with 91 total yards on the season. So they didn't have a single tight end hit triple digits. So all that's to say it it was a big deficiency. And in this offense that, you know, you see Travis Kelsey be such a focal point in Kansas City or Zach Ertz be the focal point in Philadelphia. You need somebody in the middle of the field that can take the attention of the opposing defense and kind of create some more space, you know, on the outside for the receivers or for the running backs coming out of the backfield. So they envision Jimmy Graham really being that guy. And Matt Nagy has gushed about Jimmy Graham from the moment they signed him. It feels to me like they're being a little bit too optimistic about what Graham can still do. They, they paid top dollar for him. They, they seem to really believe that he can be somewhat of a difference maker still. I think they're realistic that he isn't the same guy he once was, but they think they can squeeze more out of him than the Packers did, for example, and get a little bit more going there. And Komet will probably be that true number two as a rookie. Not huge production, but slowly kind of work him into a, a bigger and bigger role there. And then it feels like Adam Shaheen, their, their second-round pick from 2017, who was a, a top-50 pick out of Division Two Ashland, feels like it's unlikely 
he'll make the 53-man roster this season. It feels like a matter of time before he's released and they kind of give up on him. His has almost been more injuries than anything because he just hasn't been able to practice and play enough to develop sort of the raw physical talent that he has. But that doesn't feel like there's any reason to have the tight ends 7, 8, and 9 still under contract because you can already go through the list and say these four or five guys really don't have much chance at all of making the roster, and I don't know why they're still here. (laughs) Yeah, really, and even just looking at the roster on our lads, it's just like, wow, like... You don't see that often with a lot of teams with that many tight ends. So, yeah, you, you'll probably be seeing a couple of those names on the free agent wire very soon. But it's, it looks like another position, too, that they really um, tried to invest in a little bit this free agency as well was the offensive line. Uh, you know, two free agency uh, two free agency additions, uh, at least there. They brought in uh, Jermaine Effetti uh, from Seattle. They brought in uh, Jason Spriggs from green bay so you know adding a couple of these guys what's what's the outlook for the offensive line was there that big of a need uh to to improve there you know they didn't really touch it in the on the offensive line so does that feel like the plan they needed to just go out and get veteran guys on the old line to protect whoever ends up being the quarterback yeah they definitely i mean offensive line was definitely an issue last season but they seem to think the coaching change with offensive line coaches, one coming out and a new one coming in, will be a big difference for their younger guys. Because you know the, their offensive line from 2018 to 2019 kept the same starters. Kyle Long got hurt in both seasons and had to be replaced in both seasons, and he officially retired and is out of the mix. But otherwise, it's it's been the same group, but there was just randomly a big drop-off last year in terms of consistency. So they brought in Jermaine Fetty from the Seahawks to compete at right guard, and Jason Spriggs come over, comes over from the Packers more so as the, the swing tackle right now that if, if one of the tackles really struggles, he could maybe step in. But I think expectations are tempered with, with Spriggs as far as, as far as competing to start at some point. And then they used two seventh-round picks for some younger depth there too. But they're really hoping that the coaching staff change can be the difference there. And I, I have a feeling the offensive line will just play better as, as far as regression goes. They were so much worse last season that they're bound to be better this year. And it'll be easy to point the finger at offensive line coaching, and I'm not sure if it's going to be that simple or if it's just sort of, for whatever reason, things are, are just clicking this season better than they were the season before. But I, I think they feel like they can be at least an average offensive line. You know, they got some young guys on the interior. They like their left side. And the right side, if there's enough competition between Ifedi and Rashad Coward that they can get one consistent starter there, I think there's still some concern about, okay, can the offensive line be you know, a true advantage, or are they just going to be good enough to get the Bears by? But I think they're just kind of hoping that better quarterback play, perhaps, and a little bit more at the tight end position and some of these other spots can kind of help raise, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats in this offense and that the offensive line can kind of follow with that. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, so just kind of touching on the draft, too. I want to get your thoughts on that a little bit as well. You just mentioned they took uh, two seventh-round picks uh, on the offensive line. They also doubled up on the cornerback position as well. They took um, took a, one of the intriguing guys, a guy that I was a fan of in Jalen Johnson at Utah, took him in the second round, and then took uh, Kendall, Vil- uh, Kendall Vilder, a bit of a mouthful there, uh, in the fifth round. So just your overall thoughts 
uh, on the draft here. Looked like they got some good players, especially you know without having a first round pick. I thought they, you know, got some pretty solid players. Again, you know, the Cole Komet thing, uh, just kind of the running gag. But not that he's a bad option. But like you said, he's going to be a number two guy. But overall, your thoughts on how the Bears did in this draft? Yeah, I, I, I think you know, without a first round pick, expectations should be a little bit low and. I don't know. I wasn't crazy about Komet there. I mean, I think Komet's a, a, a fine tight end. I, I don't know if I will. I don't know if I loved him quite at that spot in terms of that early. There were other guys at other positions that I may have opted for instead and feeling like with eight other tight ends on the roster, you know, that maybe they could get by without using that pick there. But I really liked Jalen Johnson, like you said, from Utah. I think the Bears needed another p- player in this competition at cornerback to replace Prince of Mukamara, who they released for salary cap reasons this offseason. So I'm glad they were able to get him. I think he's a guy that could easily be a rookie starter, just smart, instinctive cornerback that has a, a slight injury concern with uh, both of his shoulders having had surgery through his college career. But if he could stay healthy and he hasn't missed much time as a result, it's just durability long term is the concern. But I think he could be a, 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 as close to an instant impact starter and a, and a year one contributor as this draft class is going to have and I think that you know they're pretty confident saying Komet and Johnson are the only two that we're going to expect to do anything as a rookie and then a lot of the other guys if they can develop into something greater that that would be cool if not you know the next picks weren't until the fifth round where they used three fifth round picks one they traded a future pick back into the fifth round and then they traded from the sixth round back up to get three picks in that round a developmental pass rusher and Travis Gibson I think was a great value at that point somebody they feel like that can work behind Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn and just be that rotational guy and maybe get a little production early on, but round out some of those physical traits into something a little bit more consistent as a pass rusher. You mentioned Kendall Vildor as well, a guy with some versatility to play the slot or the outside. And just another young cornerback. You can never have too many guys working in the mix there. And then Darnell Mooney, the wide receiver out of Tulane. Speed, you know, I think he was a 4-3-8 guy, 40-yard dash. The Bears haven't had a lot of that kind of speed. They ended up signing Ted Ginn after the draft to really double down on that, but they needed a speed deep threat, and Mooney and Ginn can as a combination, can definitely provide a lot of that. So it felt like they were just adding some nice little pieces here and there at filling some needs a little bit and getting some guys with some upside. So overall, I definitely don't hate their draft. I think there have been other drafts where you're a little bit less confident. I think they did fine. Maybe it wasn't a home run, but it was a double. You know, maybe could have pushed it to a triple. But for now, it's, you know, get a couple bases, get on base, and hope that you can score some runs. Yeah, definitely a lot better than... uh you know, a certain other team in the the NFC North, but we won't dive too much into that. We'll, we'll save that for another time. Uh, but yeah, you know, a lot of good stuff, and definitely uh, Chicago should be an interesting team to follow in the first six weeks before they come to Carolina uh, in the uh, middle of October. So definitely looking forward to chatting with you then, and I think we're ready to uh, kind of flip the script here. Yeah, so let's get into these Carolina Panthers a little bit. Obviously, a big transitional offseason for them, head coach, quarterback, and and really much much more. Um, let's let's start with the Bridgewater discussion because he was a guy that there was some late rumors about the Bears maybe being in on him. He ends up going to Carolina. I know the the Cam Newton situation was uh, I think a tough goodbye, but also felt like both sides at times were were ready for that too. How would you sort of characterize how the Panthers balanced that? act of like it seemed like the owner David Tepper was like trying to stand behind Cam Newton quite a bit but everyone was still kind of thinking they weren't you know like the Bears with Mitch Trubisky where they were trying to publicly be like yes we support this quarterback but unlike the Bears the Panthers actually did move on from their former top pick how did they how did they navigate that through the process up to getting Bridgewater and then moving on from Newton 
Yeah, it, it's definitely been interesting in that sense. You know, the first thing you think of when it comes to how they were kind of handling Newton, obviously they're saying the right things. Matt Rule saying all the right things at his first press conference at the scouting combine saying, you know, he, he called Cam Newton and was saying that he was so excited to work with Cam Newton when he, when he got the Panthers job, uh, was you know ready to work with Cam, get to know him, this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, you kind of got a small sense that, okay, maybe there's still a chance that, uh, that Cam Newton was going to stick around. I, I personally thought like, even at the time, I thought they were going to give Cam one more year because this was going to be his final year of his contract anyway. And th- they would have only owed him like $18 million. Um, but I was tipped off a little bit. Actually, was down at the Senior Bowl uh, at Veets. Actually, our, our buddy Ben uh, kind of told me, "Hey, Panthers might be interested in Teddy Bridgewater." So um, he just kind of got me ready to be like, "Okay, maybe this is actually going to happen. Maybe the Panthers are actually going to move on." I didn't want to, you know, fully believe it because, like I said, I thought there was still a chance Cam would be here. But clearly, um, the momentum definitely built toward Teddy because you get to the points in free agency where all the reports start coming out, like, uh, you know, Diana Rossini, Joe person are all coming out saying, yeah, Panthers are talking to Teddy Bridgewater and these are the numbers and blah, blah, blah. And then sure enough, uh, they, they announced the Teddy, uh, the, um, they agree the terms with Teddy, I should say first. And it's been reported. Uh, then they released Cam Newton. And then if, if I remember correctly, then they finally announced the, cause it took them a while to announce the, the Teddy Bridgewater signing. So maybe they're just trying to kind of save face with the whole uh, Cam Newton release there by doing that first, then announcing Teddy Bridgewater. But I mean, again, we, we knew that the Panthers were giving him $21 million a year. So yeah, definitely an interesting way that they handled it. Um, I definitely think it could have been handled better with a guy like Cam Newton. I mean, this was the face of your franchise for nine years. So it's like, you know, I, I could have, I think you could have at least done, a little more, you know, for a guy that brought you to a Super Bowl, has won you a couple division titles, basically helped turn you, turn your franchise around. But you know, it is what it is, and um, you know they're they're going to bounce back. I think uh, they, I, I think they've landed with a solid option, Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm definitely excited to see what he can bring to the table after what he did in New Orleans last year. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I know a lot of people in Chicago wanted to see Teddy Bridgewater join this team as as their quarterback option. And plenty still want to see Cam Newton as a potential option here. Why do you think Cam is still... Unsigned. Obviously, everybody knows there's uh, some injury concerns as far as mm-hmm. can he come in healthy right away and how quickly can he contribute. But you know he's been out since like week two of last season, so it's not like it was the yeah. end of the year and there's a, a super long window. But is it is there more to it than the injury, or is it as simple as teams don't know if he's healthy? Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest concern here, Lauren, is that you know the teams. I, th- I think teams want to 
get a closer look at his injury history or in other words, I should say like, you know, get to actually see him, you know, kind of face to face one-on-one and test him out and make sure he's hundred percent. You know what I mean? So, and obviously we're in a situation where you can't do that. You know, players aren't traveling anywhere. Obviously it was a very weird free agency period, even from the get go, because players aren't traveling anywhere you know, you're not doing any kind of visits because of the pandemic. And I think that is kind of working against Cam Newton. You know, teams aren't going to be able to fully feel confident. It feels like they're, they can't feel a hundred percent right now that uh, they can trust his, his injury concerns. You know, he did have surgery a couple months ago. He says he's a hundred percent. I think his own doctors cleared him. But again, these NFL teams just work in a weird way that they want to have their own guys do it and they want to do it, you know, on on location. You, you know what I mean? Like they want everybody in like a everybody to get together like face to face, you know, however you want to put it. And again, with the, the travel restrictions and things like that, it's, it's made it very difficult for a guy like Cam Newton to be able to visit some of these teams and for these teams to get the the health questions that they want answered. And yeah, I think the other thing too, is that, you know, the, the money that he wants, he, uh, he had wanted starter money and wanted to compete for a starting job. And obviously there's not many of those left in the league. A lot of those holes were filled, you know, a bunch of those holes were filled in free agency, like Tom Brady with the Buccaneers and Philip Rivers with the Colts. And then of course the draft, took care of just about the remaining ones, right? You know, Joe Burrow with the Bengals, uh, Tua to the Dolphins, Herbert to the uh, the Chargers. So it's really limited uh, Cam Newton's uh, possibilities. Now, what I find interesting too is that, you know, he's been on, on the market for quite some time where while a guy like Andy Dalton gets released and then there's a report coming out saying that, uh, the timing of his release kind of limited his options yet in almost like what a day or two he gets signed by the Cowboys. So Cam Newton, if is probably going to have to lower his price, I would imagine. I, I don't know what his asking price is right now. I, I don't have that kind of information, but my guess is his, uh, his asking price is probably going to have to come down a little bit. Uh, if he's going to, if he's going to sign at some point, you know, cause it's not like there's not much, competition as far as the free agent quarterback position goes you know joe flacco is still a free agent but then then again you know the jaguars just went out and signed mike glennon of all people to uh to back up gardner Minshew. so um take that for what it's worth i guess yeah i'll have to censor that name when i go back into this podcast so bears fans <laughs> don't have to hear it. it'll just be a beep <laughs> no, but, he, he who must not be named yeah yeah it's uh mike mike beep for sure but when i when i look at this this carolina panthers offense now post cam newton it feels like you know one of the things when when cam was there there was just question of just how strong his supporting cast was it felt like the, the receiving core hadn't been you know incredible for it's been a few years since they've had some big time playmakers there i know that they've invested some recent early draft picks they have some younger guys that are ascending certainly but you know the offensive line too has been I think a little bit of a work in progress and now no Greg Olson in that tight end room uh, everybody knows Christian McCaffrey but you know and, and, you know they DJ Moore etc but how do you sort of feel about the supporting cast they have around Teddy Bridgewater and how 
how much do you think he's going to need them? You know, coming from the New Orleans offense, I mean, there's there's some Bridgewater certainly has some talent. He's not just a game manager, but he's not you know Aaron Rodgers either. So how do you think? How well do you think they are prepared offensively around their quarterback? Yeah, I mean that they did all they could in free agency. You know, with the cap space they had and kind of uh, you know moving things around. They it, it sounded like their goal was to just go out and get free agent weapons for Cam Newton. I mean, it feels like about half of their free agent moves have been uh, wide receivers, right? They signed Robbie Anderson from the Jets. They brought in a Farrell Cooper who has played for the Rams and the Cardinals is a pretty good uh, returner as well as a, a decent receiver. Uh, Seth Roberts they brought in, the former. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.